Well, good morning. Good to be together today. It's good to raise our voices together today. I'm glad to be with you. If you have your Bible, uh, go ahead and open to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 is where we're starting off this morning. Uh, And as you're turning there, I I just briefly want to say a heartfelt thank you uh, to those of you who reached out over this past week with thoughts and encouragement and prayer as uh, Caitlin and I flew down to Houston to go to my grandfather's funeral. Um, it It was a whirlwind of travel. We flew out on Monday and back on Wednesday, and the service itself was on Tuesday, so it was very quick. But it was really good to be together with family. It was really good to see some cousins who I haven't seen in a long time. Um, it, it was a gift to be together. And it was, it's a greater gift to know that death does not have the final say for my grandfather. And it won't have the final say for any of us. Uh, as we grieve, we are people who grieve with hope. I, I needed last week's sermon just as much as anyone else. Um, and so thank you for your love and your support. Um, this week, however, we're, we're in Acts chapter 2, along with many churches around the world. Uh, as Terry mentioned at the beginning, today is the day of Pentecost, which means the 50th. Uh, kind of like in July, we celebrate the 4th. Uh, Israel, the people of Israel, celebrated the 50th. Uh, which uh, gets its name after the, the, the 50th day after Passover. Uh, you know, they had celebrated Passover, and then on the 50th, they had another great celebration. Passover celebrated the people's freedom from Egypt. As they left uh, and became a free people, uh, Pentecost celebrated, or it came to celebrate, their receiving the law at Mount Sinai. It was a time for them to remember that and, and celebrate that. And so for, for Christians, Pentecost is, is not numbered 50 days after Passover, but 50 days after Easter, which is about the same time as Passover. Uh, and it's a similar celebration. You know, I mean, for Israel, Passover celebrated freedom from Egypt. For Christians, Easter celebrates freedom from death. For Israel, uh, Pentecost celebrated receiving the gift of the law. For Christians, Pentecost celebrates receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. As the Spirit came down on the followers of Jesus, the disciples on that day. So let's read that together here. Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability. Now, there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us, in our own 
native language. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own language, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem. Let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, even upon my slaves, both men and women. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. And then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. And we thank you for the opportunity to celebrate together today. God, I pray that as we reflect on your scripture together this morning, that you would sharpen our minds and soften our hearts, that we might know you and love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, there is so much in this passage to consider right? Rushing winds, flickering flames, speaking in languages. So much happens that, you know, what began among the disciples and, you know, the, the room where they were ends up spilling out onto the streets and people start asking, what's going on? Peter stands up and responds. The story of the day of Pentecost is truly incredible. It's an amazing story. But as I read and reflected on this text this week, what stood out to me the most was verse 1. Just verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. Before the wind, before the fire, before the Holy Spirit pulls some sort of a divine Google Translate moment with speaking in languages, they were all together in one place place. Maybe this verse stood out to me because over the past year, it's felt like we've all been stuck in one place, right? I mean, it was just over a year ago that we were in full-on lockdown with quarantine, and though things have loosened up since then, they still haven't quite felt or been the same. I mean, even now, that vaccines are widely available, safety restrictions continue to ease up. We're not out of the pandemic, right? 
We're, we're still in the midst of this thing. This past year and even now, we have been in a season of waiting. We've been in a time of waiting. And that's what struck me as I came across the very first verse in this story of Pentecost, because so were they. They were also waiting. I mean, why were the disciples all together in one place? What were they doing there? They were waiting, right? It's out of this waiting that they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see, back in Acts chapter 1, before Jesus ascended, he told his disciples to wait. Acts chapter 1, verse 4, while staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father, referring to the Holy Spirit. You see, I, I believe this waiting is a necessary part of our faith. Our faith calls us to be a people who wait. And just as they received the gift of the Holy Spirit out of this waiting, I believe that there are gifts for us to receive from the season of waiting that we have been in for over a year now. So this morning, I want to consider their waiting leading up to this day of Pentecost and I want to consider our waiting over this past year and still to some degree and consider what it is that we might receive from this time of waiting. So perhaps uh, this is a better slide for today's message, right? little hourglass there, waiting and receiving, all right? This is what I want to consider together today. So flip back to Acts chapter 1, because we're actually going to spend some time there together. I want to look at this waiting period that led up to the day of Pentecost. And as we look, there are three things that stood out to me that I think speak to us as well. Uh, first of all, waiting seasons are times to grow deeper in reliance on God. Second, waiting seasons are times to grow deeper in relationship with community. And then the third thing that, that I see is waiting seasons are times to grow deeper in healing from the past. And so reliance on God, relationship with community, and healing from the past. These are some things that I see in, in the disciples as they waited for the Spirit to come. And I think they speak to us as well today. So first, reliance on God. Right? Waiting seasons invite us to grow in deeper reliance on God. This, in some ways, is, is kind of obvious, right? Waiting seasons reveal a certain measure of helplessness and powerlessness that we have, right? We're unable to accomplish things on our own and in our own power, so we have to wait. That's why we wait. And this helplessness, this powerlessness, points us to the one who is our help and our strength. This waiting is an invitation for us to rely more deeply on God. 
You see, in Acts chapter 1, just after Jesus told his disciples to wait, and right before he ascends, there's this exchange in verse 6. It says, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? And he replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You see, the disciples are charged up. They are ready to go, right? They're ready to get to work. Is this the time that the kingdom is coming? Let's do this thing. And Jesus says, not yet. Wait. Not yet. Because we cannot accomplish anything out of our own power. We cannot accomplish anything out of our own power. We must wait for the power of the Holy Spirit. We must learn to rely on God and live out of his power. See, this past year, this season of waiting has forced us to confront all kinds of things. It's forced us to confront sickness and death at a scale many have never had to before. It's forced us to confront loneliness and isolation that cuts deep to the heart. And all of this has, has brought us to the edge of our own powerlessness, our own helplessness. And in doing that, it's brought us to acknowledge our deep need for God. It's brought us to rely more deeply on who God is to sustain us. Because we can't face sickness and death without the hope of resurrection. We can't face isolation and loneliness without the promise of his presence with us. And, and I think no longer can the church really rely on what has worked before in the past. Something that I think we've all encountered this year. We can't just do what we've done before. This past year has pushed us to discover new ways of being God's people together. New ways to worship together. New ways to gather together, right? Just like the psalm that we read together a moment ago, we've had to sing a new song to the Lord. We've had to learn how to sing a new song to the Lord. We've had to wait for the Lord. And in the midst of helplessness and powerlessness, trust that he is our help. And he is our shield, the one who sustains us. And so the disciples right here in Acts chapter 1, they wanted to get up and go and make things happen. But Jesus told them to wait and rely not on their own power, but the power of the Holy Spirit. And this past year, I think waiting has been an invitation for us to do the very same thing to grow in deeper reliance on God. So that's one piece that we see in the waiting. Another thing, waiting seasons are also an opportunity to grow in deeper relationship with community. 
Waiting seasons are an opportunity to grow in deeper relationship together, right? We also see this in Acts chapter 1. Look at verse 12. After Jesus ascended, as they waited for the Holy Spirit, it says, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered the city, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. All these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer, together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. You see, this waiting time was one that the disciples shared with each other. And not just the 12, right? Or the 11 now in the narrative, but also the women were with them and Jesus' family and others as well. And verse 15 says that it was about 120 people altogether who were waiting. This waiting is something that they did together. Waiting seasons are an opportunity to grow deeper in relationship with each other, with community. And yet some, you know, may look at the past year and say, hang on a second, the opposite has happened this past year. We haven't all been together. We've been apart, right? That's the whole point of, of this thing. And that's true. But I think there's a bit of irony now, let me tell you a story from my own life. I, I've always loved community. I've, I've always loved deep relationship with other people. I, and I first really discovered and, and encountered this in high school. Uh, got to make some really great friends. We were in kind of a small group together, and we would just pray for one another. We would seek the things of God together, read scripture together. Um, this real deep connection. And I discovered this in high school, but when I went to college, I just brought that community along with me, all right? My high school best friend was my college roommate. Uh, another close friend from high school also came to the same college as I did, and even my high school girlfriend came to college with me, right? I just sort of transplanted this deep community from one place to another, from my hometown to my college town. And and it was great, right? We just kept living life together, kept going deep together, having this deep relationship, deep community. <clears throat> but the second semester of sophomore year, everything changed for me because my roommate moved out to do study abroad. The other friend from high school who I mentioned had to go back home for the semester. And about the same time, that high school girlfriend and I broke up. And so I found myself that semester under all new circumstances, right? My relational sort of geography landscape was completely changed. And I found myself really lonely and really sad and a lot of times. My life felt like it was sort of in a waiting period, you know, waiting for friends to come back and on and on. And yet... That semester of loneliness, I'll never forget, became a profound season of great growth in my life. I look back on it and remember it uh, so much. You know, on the one hand, I ended up spending a, a lot of time 
a lot more time in prayer and worship during that semester. I would often just hang out in my dorm room uh, with my guitar, sing songs, worship God, and just seek God personally in prayer and song and, and worship. It was a season that drew me closer to God. Because I was lonely, I really needed to rely on him more, right? That's one of the things we've just talked about. But also, something else that happened during that season, my core community was gone. And so it was a season that ended up pushing me toward new relationships. And during that time, it became a time for growing deeper with a wider community than I had known before. And the ones that I came to know during that semester ended up becoming lifelong friends alongside the ones that I had met in high school. And so ironically, this season of loneliness in my life ended up being a season that led to deeper community, deeper connection to others, because it revealed that longing that I had. It revealed that, that deep need and I think the very same possibility exists for us in this season of waiting that we have been in and continue to be in for a little while longer. Because, you know, in the midst of quarantine and social distancing and all of that, our relational circles have become smaller, become a lot more limited, which I think in many ways has provided an opportunity to go deeper in those circles, to go deeper in those places. I mean, Caitlin and I went from spending a few hours together in the evening each day to spending pretty much all day together, every day during quarantine. I mean, that was, that was life. We kind of joked about how it was kind of like another honeymoon or something, right? It's like, well, here we are. It's just the two of us. And, and that's great. You know, it's, it's been a season of, of depth and, and growth. Because we couldn't travel or spend as much time with friends, we've ended up spending a lot more time with our families this past year. And again, I think it's definitely been a time that we've grown much deeper with our families than we would have otherwise. There's been an invitation to depth in the midst of this season. And I think in some ways the same thing has happened in parts of our church community as well. Right? With smaller gatherings, whether in person or online, uh, we've had the opportunity to go a little bit deeper with the ones who we have gathered with. You know, instead of a large worship service where you can get lost in the crowd, we've had some smaller, socially distanced worship services where a chair is set out specifically for you. Our gatherings on Zoom took on kind of a whole new dynamic, right? You can't hide in the back of the classroom or mutter something under your breath to someone on Zoom, right? Everyone's face takes up the same amount of space on there, right? You can't whisper. It's everyone here. Your, your voice is broadcast to everyone when you speak, right? You, you can't hide on Zoom. And so these have been opportunities to go a little bit deeper, to encounter community in a new and different way. And I'll just say, I mean, it's, it's been a challenging season for me as a minister because there have been many times that I've felt very cut off from people. And I mean, that's, that's what I do, connect with people. 
Uh, and, and it's been hard to do that at times over this past year. And yet, the interactions that I have had, whether over the phone, conversations after service, connections on, on Zoom, these times have been much deeper than maybe they would have otherwise. Because we're able to reflect on, man, these common challenges, these common difficulties that we're all facing. And so I, I think in many ways this season of waiting has been an opportunity for us to go deeper in relationship with community. You know, and that, that invitation remains in these coming months, right? Just as the disciples waited together in the upper room, there are many ways that we have shared this waiting season together, even if we've shared it apart from one another. We've all had common experiences. And so I, I wonder, you know, what will community look like as we continue through and, and get to the other side of this pandemic? How will our life together be changed? How will our relationships grow deeper? How can we continue to pursue that kind of depth with each other in the days ahead? Because we see here from the disciples that waiting seasons are an opportunity to grow deeper in relationship with community. Because waiting is something we can do together. Uh, waiting seasons also offer an opportunity to reflect on and heal from the past. This is the third thing that I see leading up to the day of Pentecost. You see, as the disciples grew deeper in community during their season of waiting, something increasingly became very apparent. I think they began to notice a hole left in their community by Judas Iscariot. And it was not just a hole of absence. It was a hole of betrayal, right? I mean, Judas betrayed Jesus. But he didn't only betray Jesus. Judas betrayed all of them, right? They, they had all been double-crossed by him, turned in by him. And so their circle was broken, and I'm sure every one of them was affected by it. And yet, during this waiting period, they, they took time to reflect on that and heal from it. In verse 15 of Acts chapter 1, Peter stands up and he acknowledges their loss. And they begin to repair that broken circle. Right Together they appoint someone to take Judas's place as one of these 12 symbolic witnesses. Because just as they needed to grow in their reliance on God, they also needed to heal from their shared pain of the past. And this time of waiting gave them an opportunity to look back and address that pain and find healing from it. And once more, I think this past year has given us that very same opportunity to look back and reflect and heal. 
Sometimes when we face helplessness and powerlessness, like we have this past year, wounds can resurface. Pain can come back. Bad habits that, you know, we thought were kind of out in the rearview mirror can be right in front of us again. And if, if you've experienced that over this past year, I don't want you to feel shame or guilt. That's not going to help anybody. Rather, I want us to see this as an invitation for healing from those things. It's an invitation for renewal. Because sometimes the resurfacing of pain can feel like experiencing the trauma of that all over again. But other times, I think rather than re-traumatization, it's actually a revelation of trauma in need of much deeper healing than it's had in the past. It's an opportunity to continue healing from what we've experienced before. And so in our waiting, we have this opportunity to dig deeper into what it is that surfaces and say, God, heal me. Lord, help. And to find healing from those things. I mean, as I look back at this pandemic year, it seems like our society got right to work on that at the very beginning of it as we revisited the pain of our collective racial past. And hopefully that societal conversation was not just an occasion for people to argue with each other, but rather one to seek deeper understanding and find deeper healing. That's the goal. Hopefully it's something we can continue pursuing, deeper healing together. That's what this waiting season is. Seasons of waiting provide opportunities like this. Opportunities to reflect and heal. Another story from my life takes place from right after I moved up to the Pacific Northwest. Some of you know the story or some of the story. Just months after moving here, I went through a divorce and found myself once more in a, in a deeply lonely space, completely by myself in a new place, without community around me at all. And I would often describe my, my sense of life during that time as it felt like I was just sort of in a holding pattern. You know, kind of like whenever, you know, the plane's trying to land, but you got to circle back around just kind of in a holding pattern until you can get somewhere. That's what my life felt like during that season. I just wasn't sure where I was going. I wasn't sure what I was doing. But at the encouragement of the church that I had been a part of during that time, I ended up going to counseling. And in counseling, I grew in deep awareness of myself, my heart, my relationships. And during this holding pattern, waiting season, was able to find healing. I was able to find deeper healing. I think waiting seasons hold this, an opportunity to reflect and heal. So I'm curious, you know, as we look over this past year, what kind of pains have surfaced? What kind of things have come up? Or even 
our life together as a church. I mean, I know that a lot has happened in the life of this church over the past five or ten years, long before I was here. Are there places where there's a feeling of loss that needs to be healed? Are there places where there's a feeling of betrayal that needs healing? What are these places in your life and the life of our community that need to find healing? Throughout this season, it's an invitation, an opportunity to pursue that healing together in God, just like the disciples did. And this brings us to chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Through their season of waiting, they became more deeply rooted in God, more deeply connected to each other in community, and more prepared to move forward after reflecting and finding time to heal. And so the season of waiting was a time of receiving. And then the Holy Spirit came upon them. So here's what I want to do together. Starting this week and the next few weeks, is just to spend some time reflecting on this crazy season we've been through. This waiting time, the season that we're maybe beginning to see sort of the end of the tunnel, but we're not quite there. I want to take some time to look back and say, hey, what have we received in the midst of this waiting time? What are the things that God has been inviting us into? We've talked about a few of them that we see from the early church. Reliance on God, relationship with each other, healing from pain. But what else is there? I want to take some time to reflect on this together. And so I've got a prompt. And the prompt is this. As you consider the past year, is there a word or a phrase that describes what you have received from this time of waiting? As you consider the past year, is there a word or a phrase that describes what you have received in this time of waiting? And so, over the next few minutes, um, we're going to have an opportunity to just respond to this. Uh, if you look on the walls, there's a couple of sheets of paper hanging up um, and uh, some markers in between them. And so, you could get up and go write your response down on one of those sheets of paper. And it'll sort of be here with us over the next few weeks as we continue reflecting on this together. Um, or, you know, if you're watching online, uh, you can leave a comment uh, in whatever form you're watching, Facebook, YouTube, our website. Um, type in something there, and we'll, we'll find it. Uh, or, as we've also done, you could text your response in um, to the phone number there on the screen. And so I want to invite us to consider this question and then respond together. Um, get up and write down a word or a phrase on one of these sheets of paper or respond in one of the other ways here. Uh, some music is going to play over the next several minutes to give us an opportunity to reflect and respond. Um, 
There's going to be kind of two, two songs that we'll play. One of them is instrumental, and that'll give us some time to just sort of sit and reflect. And then another one will have some words to it uh, that will be on the screen as well um, as, as we continue to, to write down and that sort of thing. And so take some time. Reflect on this. What has God given you during this season? During this time of waiting, what, what have you been able to receive? Let's reflect on this together. Amen.